Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Denise Perry. Denise holds a BA in Communications and Media Studies and has studied coaching, Reiki, meditation, and yoga. She loves to teach gentle flow, restorative yin and meditation and breath work. She lives in North Carolina with her two cats, Iris and Jem. And Denise looks forward to being a part of your journey. So as I was doing the opening there, I was thinking, hmm, smarter, spunkier, more successful and stretchier. (laughs) So welcome to the show today, Denise. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Angel. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, you know, I think part of the reason why I invited you to be on the show is because we met on Clubhouse and yoga was something that was part of my own spiritual awakening journey. And yoga has been an essential practice in my life since 2001. So 20 years I've I've had my practice. And so I'd love to hear what inspired you, Denise, to step into that world and uh, first serve yourself, obviously, and then start serving others. Well, when I think back to my yoga journey, it's like I almost break it out into three different parts. So when I was in high school, I say about 13, 14 years old, I suffered from anxiety. So I was very nervous going to school. I didn't want to face my day. And I remember reading something or hearing something on the television about being able to breathe. That If you took a few moments to be able to breathe, to be able to center, you can be able to be in a better place to face whatever that situation is. So I started a morning breathing practice without even knowing that I was doing yoga. I would just sit there in front of my vanity and for about three to five minutes, close my eyes and just focus on my breath, breathing deep into my my stomach, down to my navel and then just letting it all go. And I started to notice a difference in how I was going through my day. I felt a little bit calmer. The anxiety wasn't completely gone, but it was better. And I felt like I could speak a little bit more clearly. So I then took my breathing practice into the evening because I also had insomnia. My mom will tell you that I stayed up until three, four o'clock in the morning, reading, watching TV, doing whatever drove her crazy. So I was like, you know what, let me start my breathing practice at night. So I started at night and instead of getting two, three, maybe four hours of sleep, I was maybe doing five, six, sometimes seven hours of sleep. So it helped me sleep. That was really my first experience without even knowing that I was doing yoga was just my breathing practice. Beautiful. And so fast forward from there, what was your second 
segment in your yoga journey. I love that you have like segments of your journey. It's beautiful. Well, it's when I look back and just being able to understand where did I come from? And that's how I started to break it out. My second part would be in college. I was maybe... I think it was beginning of my sophomore year in college. You had the freshman 15 that was going on. I wouldn't be able to get a little bit better fit. I was not a runner. I didn't really like team sports, but I was going to my student union and I was doing some step aerobics. I was doing some kickboxing. This was down in the mid nineties. And it was when power yoga was really coming into the forefront. And I saw something on the bulletin board about a yoga class on Friday afternoon. So I was like, you know what, let me check it out. And so went to the class and I really liked the way it made me feel. It kind of made me aware of my body in a way that I wasn't in my aerobics and my kickboxing class. It just gave me a knowledge of movement and what was possible. So I continued that and was doing that all through college and even into my 20s coming out of college. So I had still had my breathing practice and I still, and then now I had my physical practice, which I thought of yoga, but didn't think about the two of them together. They were still separate things in my mind. Mm, Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I remember when I started yoga, my practice began out of getting injured skiing. I had been injured I made my my legs into a W on the ski slope. Oh my and, goodness. And so I went to physical therapy for like six weeks and the physical therapy was in the gym where there was a yoga thing going on. So I asked my physical therapist, I said, you know, could I do that? And he said, yeah, as long as it doesn't hurt, just go ahead and, you know, if something hurts, don't do it. So that was, that was how I got started with yoga. But what I discovered when I got started with yoga also was that the yoga teacher For me at that time, I was highly anxious as well. And the yoga teacher just embodied for me this essence, this energy of peace. And when I walked in and she was standing there at the front of the room, there was this just part of me that just said, I want that. And I don't care if I have to turn myself into a pretzel. I don't have to care if I have to breathe with my eyes closed. I don't care if I have to paint my fingernails purple. I want what she has. So So how did you end up then in the third part of your journey, Denise, in terms of, I'm guessing that the third part of your journey was where you decided to actually step into becoming a teacher? Well, it was kind of when everything started to come together. And this was in the last 10 years. I had stepped away from the physical part of my practice for a while because I was building my career, my I call my first career in marketing and advertising. I was doing a lot of traveling, going across four states just for my job and traveling for my family and still continuing my breathing and meditation because that was part of my spiritual practice, but not the physical part. And I remember somebody asking me, what do you do for yourself? And at that time, I wasn't doing anything because I was doing 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. It was just enough to be able to go home and just take a few minutes to breathe. So I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to go back to my yoga mat because I really love the practice. I was like, I need something for me. So I actually worked with my leader and she made time for me to be able to go to my classes, made sure that I could be able to clear my schedule. I was like, is that was something I needed to do? And that's where everything started coming together. 
the breathing, the meditation, the physical practice, coming into a sense of wholeness, almost like a sense of completion, finding that peace that you were just talking about, looking at at your teacher. And I didn't notice it myself going through the practice. It wasn't until like maybe about three or four months in after going back, I was actually having people that I worked with, people that I've known for two or three years at that point, they were coming to me and they were asking me, what was I doing? Because they Mm -hmm. could see a difference in me and how they were interacting with me, how I was presenting things. They were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just going to my mat. And it got me thinking, I was like, what am I doing on my mat that is affecting everything else that I'm doing? And that's when I started diving more into the philosophy, trying learning more about the energies, learning about how yoga can affect the brain and the nervous system. And that's when I, I was hooked. I was like, if it could be able to make this, if I could see the change in me and people can be able to see the change of me, what could it do for everybody else? And that's what kind of started me on the path of being a teacher mm. to share this with others. Beautiful. Well, I love that you have such a powerful story of your journey and how, you know, your own transformation then became, it became clear to you that you were uh, supposed to use your transformation in service to others. And that, that's a little bit about, you know, kind of what my journey was like. And it's what the journey of most of the wickedly smart women who are on this show is like, is, you know, we, we go through our process, our own individual process. And then we come to a place where we know we, we can't keep it to ourselves. So I want to talk then about, because the next step in this journey was not just becoming a teacher, right? That has its own challenges as well as rewards. But then you also made the decision to start your own studio and start a business around your yoga and your yoga teaching. Uh, So I'm curious about that part of the journey. And do you still have a full-time job or are you, have you now like fully embraced the yoga world as your full-time gig? Well, I'm lucky enough that I'm fully embracing the yoga world right now. It's like I am teaching both in the studio and with private students. And this was something in the back of my mind, I always thought about opening a studio, but I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it because I was very unsure about going out on my own. I wanted to be able to share, but it's like, is that something that I was willing to take that leap of faith, as you call it? One of my teachers, well, and I'll step back, I was like, when I decided to be a teacher, I ended up leaving um, Georgia and I came back to North Carolina and was working here, being closer to my family. And that's when I did my teacher training. And I found the studio Yoga Nook and it became like a second home to me. And I always kept in touch with one of my teachers from my training, Alex, and she became like a really good friend of mine. And Two years ago, she reached out because she was wanted to be able to step back as an owner. She was still wanted to be able to teach, but there was a couple of other things that she wanted to do as well. She was ready to step back as an owner of the studio, but still wanted to keep the community going. And was curious as to whether I'd be interested in taking it over because she knew that was kind of like a far off goal of mine. And so we started that process of buying out the studio, teaching more here, even though I still teach at other places, teaching primarily here. And we started 
finalizing everything just as the shutdown happened with the pandemic. (laughs) So the last year and a half has definitely been a lot of learning in ways that I didn't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah, well, of course, like any on-site type of business, the pandemic definitely had an impact on, on yours. So we're already at the break. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what you had to learn in the last year and a half uh, that stretched you even further. Uh, But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Please help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. We are also celebrating. We just finished our second year of podcasting and discovered yesterday before uh, I got on here with Denise that we've won our third award. This time we won a silver award from the W3 Awards, which is uh, an organization that's been doing award ceremonies for a number of years in the category of general series interview podcasts. So we, we've just won a silver award. We are now um, have had five nominations and three awards that the show has won. So thank you to all of our amazing guests who allowed that to happen and supported that happening, as well as to our listeners all around the world who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're now downloading in 90 countries around the world. I want to shout out today to our listeners in India, which is where yoga originated as well as to our listeners in St. Martin and uh, let's see, Bhutan. And we will be right back with Denise Perry. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Denise Perry. You can find out more about Denise and her services at chesapeakeyoganook.com chesapeakeyoganook.com. We will have that in the show notes for you. Uh, So welcome back, Denise. I wanted to talk a little bit now on the back half here. So you made the decision to buy a studio and then bam, Corona happened. So I'd love to have you share about what kind of stretches you had to make in order to fulfill that commitment to buy the studio and navigate everything being shut down and having to become more creative with how you were serving your community. 
Wow. That, and that is a loaded question because I feel like I'm still learning and there's, I can definitely look back at last year in particular, there's mistakes that I've made, things that I wish that I've done better. Pre-pandemic, we were all in person. We didn't have any type of virtual classes, any type of virtual library. Everything was in person. So that was probably the first pivot was in the first couple of weeks, I was able to get virtual classes going so we could be able to keep the community together and still connect. I was lucky enough. I had teachers here that were willing to do that. They could teach from home or else come into the studio and teach from here. So trying to get the technology there, and it was a learning curve for all of us is trying to be able to navigate it, figuring out different ways to be able to communicate with this, with students, because pre-pandemic, it was all in person. We had our boards, we would do newsletters, but it wasn't as in-depth. So I went and revamped our newsletters, started doing a little bit more on social media, and that deeper dive actually started more so this year. And then as I got into it, I was looking at the what because we had, a, I had a couple of different things going on. It was like continuing to build the community and keep the community together, but at the same time, also being able to not necessarily put my own personal touch to it, but being able to take ownership of the studio. So it was a balancing act as to where the priorities were. And I was looking at the community first and foremost. I wanted to be able to make sure that they got what they need. And then this year, not necessarily a pivot, but almost like a change. How do I see yoga? Because as a teacher, each of us goes into our practice and goes into our teaching based on our own, our own experiences. I can't teach the way that my teachers taught me. I can't teach the way that the teachers I have with me teach because we all interact with our practice in a different way. So what are those commonalities and how can we be able to help explore what yoga can do beyond the physical practice? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I'm really excited because what I'm hearing there from you is that this has stretched you to become even more creative in terms of how to support people outside of the studio. And so I understand that you're also offering virtual work now with you outside of even your local area. Can you talk a little bit about how somebody might be able to start working with you to get a daily practice going? Absolutely. So there's a couple of different things. We got our studio classes, which are streamed live. I've also created a virtual library, which I launched earlier this year. And that has a combination of recorded classes, plus specific classes that I'm creating just for the library. How can we be able to create a 15 to 30 minute practice to be able to maintain our day to day practice? using different meditations, different yin practices, but given a variation. So that way it's not necessarily the same content all the time. So, and I'm constantly being able to update that. 
And then I work with students virtually on a one-on-one basis if they want that touch. So we can be able to do um, half-hour sessions if we're working on breath work, meditation, focus, including our physical practice. We can have an hour session. And I package that up into, I have an introductory package that I offer our new students. It's like, let's try four sessions together. Our first session is going to kind of be our get to know each other. We're going to do an assessment. We're going to put some goals. What are we trying to be able to do? And then the next three sessions are about trying to accomplish one or two of those goals so they can be able to get a taste of what working with me looks like. Oh, beautiful. Well, what I want to talk about now, Denise, is, you know, you've left behind, I would assume, a corporate career to become an entrepreneur. So I am curious how your yoga, your own personal practice has impacted you or supported you as you have also navigated the entrepreneurial path. Because I I believe that specifically anybody who's an entrepreneur, who's working in a more psycho-spiritual type of way your entrepreneurial journey is as much of a spiritual awakening process Mm -hmm. as whatever you are offering. So I'm curious about where is the yoga, the union between your own yoga practice and your entrepreneurial adventure? So The first thing that I do, because I talk a lot about daily practices, I believe in that wholeheartedly. The first thing I do every day when I get up is I go sit out on my porch and I actually sit there for 10 to 20 minutes. And that's where I do my breathing and my meditation and trying to be able to connect with where I am in that day, start setting my intentions start being able to get myself into a clear mindset. I was telling a friend of mine earlier this week that it's like when you do that in the morning and then you come back to your breath throughout the day, you're sending a reminder to your body and your mind of what it feels like and not trying to cultivate something new. So I begin with that. And then I also have a journal that I write in and I use a couple of different forms to be able to do that. I write some gratitudes. Some days I'll write affirmations. Maybe I'm just doing a check-in with the different subtle bodies that I have, my physical, mental, emotional, and energetic body. So doing that check-in and then I'll do a little bit of movement. Maybe it's about five to 10 minutes of yen stretching. Maybe I'm doing a few sun salutations, but doing a little bit of movement. So that's kind of like the first half hour of every day. And it helps get me into that mind space. Okay, I'm here. I'm ready to be able to go. Let me go and look at what's planned for my day. And then throughout the day, I'll go in and check back in with myself. Maybe it's back with my breath when I'm driving. Before I teach a class, I'll take a couple of minutes to be able to breathe. And then at the end of the day, I'll go and do another check-in right before I go to bed. Maybe I write some more in my journal, but I'll definitely do another breathing and meditation class. So that way, my practice is kind of scattered throughout the day that it, it helps keep me centered and grounded because anything can happen throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I was like, you have phone calls you don't expect, you get emails that you're not expecting. 
There may be things that happen with the HVAC, which happened a couple months ago that I have to deal with, but that at least gets me into a good starting point to be able to deal with anything. Yeah, beautiful. So the last question I have for you, because I know that there are many, many women who are probably listening to our show who might have that dream of starting their own business. Often the biggest anxiety is around the money piece of it. So, you know, what's your yoga for your money stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely have a budget that I'd be able to keep to. And then I am lucky enough that we had the SBA that was able to do some of those emergency funds and grants last year. And that definitely was able to help me be able to keep the studio going. So looking from a money standpoint, I check in with my numbers at least three times a week to be able to see where I'm going. I plan out my month. I know what has to go out. I know what needs to come in in order to manage what's going out. And then doing that check-in a few times a week just to be able to see where I am with goals, how I am with signups. Is there any issues that are going on with automatic payments that need to be addressed? So that way, nothing is a surprise. I don't come up at the end of the month and try to figure out what do I do now? Yeah, beautiful. So what I'm hearing in the subtext of that, ladies who are listening, is that it's important. What I'm hearing overall is that it's important to have structures in place and practices in place, whether it's practices to support you with managing anxiety or practices to support you with managing money flows or practices to support you with physical well-being, that that the biggest message that I'm hearing from you, Denise, today is that it's really important to have practices in place to be able to navigate all the areas of your life. So if there is one final thing you'd like to say to our audience, what would it be? One final thing, don't try to do everything at once. Know where you want to go and figure out what that first step is. And then let's work on trying to take that first step. Once you're there, then we can take another step and just enjoy the journey along the way. Don't worry about what that end goal looks like. What is the experience like in the journey? Mm, I love that. Enjoy the journey along the way. Yeah. If you aren't enjoying the journey along the way, maybe you're on the wrong journey. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, beautiful, Denise. It was lovely having you today. And listeners, we love feedback. So we're going to invite you to stretch a little bit and let us know what you think of our show by calling into our listener line. We will have the number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. We do want to say thank you. Somebody just sent in a donation. I can't remember their name, but I will make sure that I put it into the next episode. But I did want to shout out and say thank you for the donation. Uh, I meant to have that in my notes before I got on today, but I didn't take a deep breath and pay attention to that. (laughs) So I'm going to just take a deep breath right now and forgive myself for not putting that note down. But I will ask you to tune in next time to find out who did send in a donation and because we want to shout that person out. I also want to say thank you to you, Denise, for being here today. And uh, 
encourage everyone to reach out to Denise at chesapeakeyoganook.com. She has five practices to get yourself started with your daily practice, or you might want to hire her to work with you privately. We will be back with another episode soon. Thanks again. And we are out of here. I want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.